0: Hello, hello. We are back. Um, welcome back to Behind the Net podcast. I'm Matthew, and always joined with me is Michael. How you guys doing? And um, this week, it's been kind of a, you know, kind of a slower week. Obviously, hockey is in um, its bye week. No Leafs hockey, not really much hockey in general. Um, there have been a few games though since our last episode, so we'll talk about that. But um, I mean, right off the bat, we could start talking a little bit about baseball because there has been some news in baseball. Um, last week, we obviously talked about the uh, the sign stealing gate, obviously done um, by
1: the Houston Asterix mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I mean also the Boston Red Sox too, but that's still under investigation.
1: Should be interesting to see what happens uh, once we hear more information.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think you told uh, you told me that uh, they have a update on the uh, Astros situation. So from what I was hearing,
1: uh, like based on what I'm seeing on Twitter and also the score, um, the MLB is unlikely to void the Red Sox and Astros of their uh, respective World Series championships. Uh, I think that's still under investigation. I'm guessing, my, if I were to take a wild guess, I'm no insider here. The players are going to be punished in some way, shape, or form, but they're probably going to do behind closed doors.
0: I see. I see. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, I've been talking to a lot of people about this. I mean, obviously, it's the biggest story in sports right now. Yeah, there's just there's just no real solution. There's no way to take away their title. There's no way to really, you know, I suggested like you know making them forfeit a season, but the league won't do that. either it's just there's it's hard to think of a punishment. So. I mean, I guess that that's what that's what had to be done.
1: Yeah, it's really there's really no real right solution yeah. that's going to make everybody happy. I mean, obviously they could just like vacate the titles and just be done with it, but the the fans of the respective teams are going to say, "Wait a minute. They did win the championship. How can you just take it away yeah, even I though mean, they cheated?"
0: Like saying they don't have a championship doesn't really have that much effect if you really think about it. Um but yeah, that's interesting. And we'll see, obviously, what happens with the Boston Red Sox. I remember uh, I actually read that the uh, LA City Council you, apparently uni- unanimously voted, or something near that, um, basically voted that um, the two, you know, both the 2017 and the 2018 World Series yeah. should be taken away and given to them. <laughs> I mean, course. that's what the City Council wants. But I mean, it makes sense. Um, I'm sure the fans would wouldn't mind that but uh, i don't think the team i don't think the dodgers would um really feel like they earned that anyways
1: oh of course like la has so many titles for the fans like
0: to i get mean a hey title yeah. removed. hey and back to back as well so oh of course <laughs> yeah like
1: when is the last time that's happened in baseball in our recent time like mm-hmm. it's been a very long time mm-hmm. so like of course they've won it like
0: yeah. hey two free titles let's take it of course um but yeah there's an update on that and we'll see how things continue to unfold um definitely probably within the next week
1: i'm i'm just very excited to see uh, what kind of punishments the players will be getting if even if we don't see it uh, publicly cuz they're probably not going to announce anything if i'm not mistaken uh, from what i was reading they're probably going to do it anonymously like like go behind closed doors and say yeah and i cheated i did this i did that here's what we did blah 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 And they're probably just going to like, oh, well, you can't do this and this and that. And Mm -hmm. and then they won't say anything about it. Even though they're going to
0: say, oh, I didn't cheat. I didn't do anything. I don't know about this cheating scandal. What are you guys talking about? Of course. Um, I mean, I think you kind of touched on it last week, but uh, this kind of stains a lot of players' legacies as well and then their resumes as well. And maybe even um, getting into Hall of Fame talk. I mean, you you spoke about Jose Altuve. I mean, yeah, like, he would have been a Hall of Famer for sure um, by the end of his career um, already based off what he achieved mm-hmm. but now I, I I think no matter what happens no matter if he wins like an MVP like every season or what, racks up a few more MVPs and maybe a World Series or two it's hard to um, kind of ignore the fact that you know they cheated this season and I think that'll forever be on their resume and when it comes down to voting you know people are going to be like he he cheated even though if, even if he wins you know another five world series but he cheated on this one and the fact is that he cheated and i think that stains his resume entirely
1: it also just stains uh everyone's reputation about baseball because mm-hmm. now from going forward there's going to be question marks go like for every team like no matter how good or bad they are like did they cheat in this game are they doing some kind of uh way to get an unfair advantage for them to try and win a a baseball game like it's sort of the same thing that happened in the 90s where how there was that lockout and people uh, stopped showing up to baseball games because they were just mad at the fact that a whole baseball season could be taken away from not a whole season but like a good part of the season and the World Series was taken away from them just like that. And now I think same same thing. Like people are like, why would I watch a sport where everyone's trying to cheat their way to the top? Like I don't even know if, if they're still cheating even after the cheating scandal has been made public. You never know.
0: Exactly. Even from the league perspective, I don't. I don't really know how they're going to recover from this exactly. Obviously, baseball is always going to be, um, you know, a sport that everyone loves to watch. Everyone loves to play. Um, but I think it, it does kind of tarnish the uh, the reputation of. The MLB and just baseball in general, people are going to look at it as, uh, "Hey, people cheat in baseball," but um, it happens, and I don't think it should be, I uh, I don't think it should say anything about the league, but you know, it does it does kind of leave a mark on it.
1: Yeah, I don't blame fans that may not be interested in watching uh, baseball next year or for the foreseeable future. Like, I mean, I'm still going to watch just because I've always enjoyed baseball and uh, from a casual yeah, perspective. Yeah, of course,
0: same year. I love baseball.
1: Yeah, baseball is fun. But at the same time, now that I know this cheating scandal came out, and they just came out so like it was so obvious if you look back on it, but no one. Nobody said Nobody anything. caught anything. Yeah, exactly. Like who? How? Who could have not said anything when they noticed Astros home games? There was a loud banging.
0: For you know, like players. the pitchers who are also right there, or the catchers didn't hear any. I mean, they're in the same area of the batter so they should be able to hear it yeah did no catcher ever think why is there like a bang every time that we're about to pitch
1: yeah it's it's something i never understood or or
0: like every time like literally moments after you know we use a sign Mm -hmm. or something like that nobody picked up on it
1: yeah and like and more so why didn't anyone tell the mlb about it and why didn't the mlb go hard on it right away because like i'm i'm think if that was the case there's a very good chance that the twenty seventeen World Series title would belong to somebody else and not the Astros. Nobody
0: nobody wants to be the snitcher or nobody wants to be the whistleblower. Uh oh, of course. Can you imagine if uh how the story would be if it was like you know, Astros player comes forward about cheating? I mean, he's safe, but it would be crazy Yeah that you know he kinda of, it would be a story on its own that he kind of basically snitched on his team.
1: Oh absolutely. I, I don't blame them. Like but now that time's passed, like of course people are gonna like oh, now get rid of the title, but like back then it's too little too late. I think they should have done it before it got to the point where they were cheating during the playoffs because they clearly were cheating during the playoffs as the MLB investigation confirmed. I think that it's possible that they continued to cheat after the fact and because of the fact that we don't even know the extent of how much they cheated and like I was saying, who else could be cheating besides the Astros and the Red Sox, The MLB's image just took a massive taint, and it's going to take a while for it to recover.
0: Of course, of course. Um, And I think moving into, I think we talked about, you know, their Hall of Fame uh, chances after this. But moving into that topic. um, Of course. The uh, Baseball Hall of Fame announced their uh, inductees. And, uh, of course, Derek Jeter has made it in. But first I want to talk about um, Larry Walker, who's... uh, I mean, of course, we're Canadian, so this is very relevant to us. But he's the second Canadian uh, player ever to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And so that's huge. That's huge for Canadian baseball. And um, definitely baseball here in Canada is making its strides. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, we we lost a team with Montreal, but the Blue Jays have always been very relevant to the whole country. So I think this is a huge thing.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say this is uh, another win for Canadian baseball, like you said. Um, there hasn't been quite a lot of Canadians that have made it to professional baseball and I mean, have had fact, a success.
0: You know who the first one was. <laughs> uh,
1: not off the top of my head. Uh, I got Actually, funny enough, I got quizzed on it today, and uh, the first the question was, oh, Larry Walker was uh, in the Hall of Fame. Who was the first Canadian inducted in the Hall of Fame? And as a Canadian sportsman, I should know it, but I, I don't. Mean, <laughs> even, I know. Even I'll <laughs> say it. Like,
0: everyone's uh, – like the headlines, the, the leads of everyone's articles right now about, about Larry Walker – You know, he's the second um, player to ever um, be inducted, second Canadian player to ever be inducted. But nobody ever wonders, hey, who's the first one? I I just took it for what it was, and I didn't really search it. Um, I mean, to be fair, who... I, I forgot who it was but he was inducted in 91, right? Yeah. That's so, well before. Yeah, I just I mean, looked I was it up. born. I
1: just looked it up. It's uh Ferguson Jenkins, mm-hmm. who used to play on the Phillies, Cubs, Rangers, and Boston Red Sox. Forgive
0: us for not knowing all the uh <laughs> all the stars. <laughs> I know. This is uh I
1: know it's like well before a time, but like man, that's that's a tough way to lose a mark on the quest on a quiz. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, first uh obviously congratulations to larry walker um it's a huge thing for canadian baseball and uh moving forward like i think we were talking about uh who what who do you think could be the next canadian to make it i think joey Votto. joey Votto was
1: definitely the first player i was thinking of i think he makes total sense uh he's won a bunch of all-star appearances i believe he has a golden glove i don't know if he has a silver slugger i know he won a hank aaron Award as well so some, let me pull some... that up some very valuable awards that he's won, and uh, it's not easy to do that, even though mm-hmm. he hasn't made the playoffs very much in his entire baseball career, which yeah. is probably the only blemish on, his, on an otherwise very uh,
0: strong uh, so resume. He's a six time All Star, um, National League MVP in 2010, um, Hank Aaron Award winner, and uh, Gold Glove Award winner in uh, 2011, but one time, one time Gold Glove winner. But I don't know. Even if he doesn't win a World Series, um, I think he, I think, because, I'll I'll talk about this later, but I definitely think the fact that he won the MVP and, you know, multiple-time All-Star solidifies him into the Hall of Fame. I personally think so. Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably second or third ballot, if anything. Um, But I feel like also, like, he's been known, a big part of his identity is Canadian baseball, um And everyone has kind of established that He's been the Canadian star for For baseball for the longest time Yeah Um, I believe he won two Lou Marsh Awards Which um is basically I forgot who gives it I don't know uh, Which I guess Governing body gives that But mm-hmm. it basically is for The uh, Canadian Athlete of the year In all sports So I mean that Speaks volumes to The type of athlete he is And how he's seen here in Canada I think mm-hmm. I think uh, they might See it as that I think that might you know help out his case um you know when you're when you're significant to a country i think that to country's history in the sport i think that says uh, a lot but um i definitely think he could make it maybe second or third ballot
1: yeah i think so too uh i really joey joey has been one of the most consistent players in baseball like you see some of his numbers they're absolutely ridiculous like i think it was something like he didn't get popped out for like a very long stretch of time or something like that. I can't remember the exact number, but it was something along the lines of that. And it was like, wow, how, who thinks of something like that? But two, how is he able to do that? Like play so smart at the play that he doesn't even get himself popped out Mm -hmm. or something like that. It was, it was crazy. I think he's definitely the best shot for Canada, a Canadian baseball player to make to the hall of fame in terms of active players. But I think another one that might be a worthy candidate would be Russell Martin. I mean, of course. yeah, you know, he won a couple of gold gloves, a couple of All-Star appearances. The only thing that's a real blemish on his uh, rep- on his chances of being a Hall of Famer would be the fact that he has yet to win a World Series and I don't even think he's made it to a World Series yet.
0: Yeah, and I think um I think we were talking about this um I think it it really comes down to do you have a World Series? Like what really you know boosts a player in in terms of voting have they won a world series um or have they won an mvp i think those two awards are mainly what boosts a player into that hall of fame status yeah mvps if you've won an mvp you really um you know you'll be highly touted um and if you've if you're a star player on a world series team mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know because i mean i would love for russell martin yeah inducted by you know um, just winning you know a gold glove he has one gold glove I I see that now and a silver slugger Um, but just having those and then four all star appearances I don't think that's enough for to make a case
1: yeah like I said I think the best shot for him to make it into the Hall of Fame is if he actually does win a World Series before he hangs it up Uh, I think he's on a really good team with the Dodgers still and that they have he has a good shot of doing it just as long as he stays active stays healthy but, yeah, I think for sure Joey Votto is the makes the most sense for me as a player that's going to make the Hall of Fame. And keep in mind, too, Larry Walker didn't even win a World Series. He does have an MVP. I think that really helped elevate his case, and this was probably his last chance to yeah. make it in. So, and so keep that in mind as well.
0: I do want to use that to transition to the next player we talk about. Keep that in mind, the whole MVP and World Series case. Um, mm-hmm. Walker obviously didn't win a World Series, but he won MVP. And again, that goes back to my discussion that um, my point that, you know, I think an MVP almost has as much weight in this voting realm um, as a World Series. But on top of uh, Walker, Derek Jeter was inducted as well, and he was one vote away from being a unanimous vote. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, first, I want to talk about what do you think about that?
1: Uh, I, I I remember saying some not so kind words behind closed doors <laughs> about about, about <laughs> how how I re, how I felt about it. But I will say this: like it's so tar- it's so hard to win unanimous uh, awards in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's, and same thing for uh, winning a unanimous uh, induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like I don't know who the person is. I probably think that person may be from Miami, <laughs> just because of the way the Marlins are being uh, run. But I, in all seriousness, like some there's some things you can control. Uh, winning every single vote for an MVP, like remember how Shaq, a few years ago, was one vote away from being unanimous MVP mm-hmm. with the Lakers, and the only other vote was to uh, Allen Iverson, I believe. So it's just hard to do. It's like, but the fact that he was that close to getting it just speaks to, for a lot of people's eyes, how much of a special player he I is. I mean. But to your point...
0: Steph Curry won a unanimous MVP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but well-deserved. I, well deserved. I oh, thought he, he was he was the MVP that season. But yeah, exactly. Back to your point.
1: Yeah, just basically, just to finish it up, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Derek Jeter, yes, he's won a bunch of World Series titles, but the only real MVP award that he's won in his entire career was World Series MVP in 2000. And really, if you win a World Series MVP award it's not as big of an accomplishment as winning an actual mvp mm-hmm. award like i don't know what do you think about that
0: um 100% i mean obviously the the thing with baseball is the season's much longer than you know hockey or basketball or you know football um and uh i think being a superstar in the regular season i mean obviously that can still get it done in the playoffs um matters a lot and uh, i think it'll it's a lot more than you know being their playoff star mm-hmm. as, as well i mean uh, baseball is like a really especially in the playoffs it's a team game for sure you know superstars are obviously they're gonna really contribute but i think it's it's uh it's more a team thing uh i forgot you were talking about uh a uh i think it was the jays uh yes by, uh, yes series MVP. i do remember that
1: in 1992, uh, if a lot you probably will, most of you remember this if you're from Toronto, uh, Pat Borders won the uh, World Series MVP. And you, I don't think of Pat Borders as an MVP type player like during the regular season. He was uh, just a, a decent catcher like in terms of uh, his defense, a really good catcher in terms of his defense. But like at the plate, like he's not a guy that you're going to expect to like, hit home run after home run, like drive in RBIs every single time he's at the plate. Like he's that's what that's the kind of pitching he is. Catchers rarely have that much success at the plate. So, exactly. And look at let's look at the list of World Series MVPs. Not a lot of these names like really stand out. I mean, some of them are All Stars or future Hall of Famers, but um, like like Madison Bumgarner in twenty fourteen mm-hmm. makes total sense, and that's one example right of there. Of course. But David Fries, I does, does that scream to you an MVP type no. player? No. What about uh, Steve Pierce? No. <laughs> um, let me think of another one. Evan Edgar Renteria, San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. Who?
0: <laughs> Again, and now I'm. Um, I mean, I'm pulling up the MVP uh, list, uh, MVP winners, and I mean, hey, these are these are the real stars of baseball, mm-hmm. the real superstars that you see every day. You know. Um, and i think those are the players that'll go and get uh i mean mm-hmm. here, i mean larry walker right there 19 yep um you know th- those are the players that uh will get um inducted and um i think it uh, it goes back to my point you know uh how much a world series is weighted and how much an mvp is weighted i've saw a lot of fans uh you know arguing about or debating i guess about whether he should be a unanimous uh, vote or not. A lot of, mainly Yankees fans, of course, of course. If I'm a Yankees fan, I want him to be a unanimous vote. They hold him in very high regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a lot of other fans of other teams are saying, uh, you know, well, not every Yankee has to be a unanimous vote. And uh, maybe there's a little bit of favor there because it's the Yankees. But uh, that's not what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. But um, yeah, like he hasn't won an MVP, uh, but he's he's definitely a hall of famer. He's won. He's been, he's been in 14 all-star games, five world series. I mean, I think that alone gets him into the hall of fame. Oh, of course. Um, rookie of the year, five time gold glove, five time silver slugger. Um, yeah, but he, uh, again, I, I'm not saying like you need an MVP though, because I think all that stuff gets him in the hall of fame anyways, first ballot. But again, yeah, unanimous. I think if you're going to be unanimous, it has to be like, you have to be, like, you know, regarded as one of the best of your time. And, you know, an MVP has to be part of that. I think has to be part of that, uh, you know, list of things to accomplish.
1: Yeah, and let's not kid ourselves here. Derek Jeter was a very successful player with the Yankees, uh, like a big part of the reason why they were as good as they were for as long as they were. But at the end of the day, MVPs hold a lot of value. And just because the fact that he doesn't have an, a regular season MVP, I can understand why in some aspects – he wasn't a unanimous MVP, but at the same time, this is Derek Jeter we're talking about here. He's one of the greatest players of of the modern era. I don't see how he couldn't be a unanimous MVP and unanimous inductee into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And because he got one vote short, like it's, it sometimes it's like you you close your fist, banging on the desk, like mm-hmm. how how come the world can be so unfair? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I guess that's just how it is, but. Uh, for me, I'm okay with him not being a unanimous m v p What about you uh it's i'm it's i'm I'm on the fence I can go either way and then I'm happy that he
1: uh made it into the hall of fame, but at the same time, come on, he's so close to being a unanimous m v p How could he not might as well give it yeah, you I may get as that. well I get that argument speaking of hotly contested arguments uh the blue jays <laughs> have got caught up kind of a bit of uh, a storm recently
0: with some blue jerseys their new <laughs> Their new powder blue jerseys. They unveiled it at um Winterfest, I believe it's called um yeah. this weekend. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I, I I love the original jerseys. Like they were nice, and I think the color is just nice. You know, an alternate jersey. You know, um, I know a lot of people. I mean, they like <laughs> retro's a thing now mm-hmm. in every sport. We see it in, in every sport. Basketball is bringing back their retro jerseys. Hockey, they're bringing back retro jerseys. It's about time baseball starts bringing in their retro jerseys. Of course. And this is, you know, that retro jersey that people did like. Um, I mean, every, you know, those designs uh, in the 90s and, you know, even before, um, they're always going to be controversial. I know a lot of people who say that the Raptors retro jersey, they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, or they originally didn't like it, but now that retro is a thing, everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Um, same with the Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. Same with uh, actually no, I think uh, the, An- the Anaheim Ducks, the Mighty Ducks jersey is one that everyone loves. Um, well, it depends
1: on which Ducks jersey you're referring to. Are you referring to like the, the classic one or the one where the the, Mi- the Mighty Duck wing is flying through the air? Oh no, no, <laughs> not that one. That one's for
0: the cartoon. Uh, yeah, but no, the you know the goalie mask one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, no, that's a classic. Of Come course. On. Oh, you know, uh, Coyotes, uh, their jersey, the, the yes. one with the, the cartoon coyote on it playing hockey. A classic. They should bring that one back full time.
1: Like, I mean, not just as an alternative. You know
0: how many times I, I used to see people, like a few years ago, people saying, those are the ugliest jerseys ever. What are they thinking? It's like a whole bunch of like colors mixed on. Like, you know, like those little patterns they have like yeah. uh, across, I think, the the lining um, people are like that's so ugly and all that stuff mm-hmm. and now is starting to become a thing loud you know the loud designs and in clothes in general are starting to become a thing and now everyone loves those <laughs> <laughs> yeah everyone loves those um and I think that's it's I think everything's controversial or uh, everything kind of is seen as uh being you know debatable but these powder blue jerseys I loved them before and I still like them now and I think they I think the main issue people had was the navy blue colors on it. Um, I think you have to update. It. You don't want to just take the old jersey and just slap it on them. You kind of have to modernize it a little. Oh, of course. Uh, make them a little different. So I think that was a nice touch. I actually do think that was a nice touch in trying to you know update it.
1: I don't hate the navy. The navy blue design. It's what I don't like is the fact that they're using the brand new logo. Oh, on the jersey. That's and true. and you look on the back of the jersey like it's the same numbers that they use on their home the white jerseys that they wear. It kind of really stands out in a very bad way. Like it shouldn't it should probably be white cuz like white contrasts the jersey better. And you saw their hats and helmets like it looks like it's dark blue helmets. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't really make much sense. If I were to design this jersey, I would have put the old school logo on it because that's what people associate that color with. They associate with the old school Jays logo. And I think the Cooperstown logo is something that a lot of fans, myself included, really enjoy about the Jays. Like, don't get me wrong, their new logo is nice and slick. It's the reason they've been still using it for eight years now. Yeah. But at the same time, I think when you're doing something like that, where you're trying to bring back a retro jersey, I understand the idea behind I modernizing agree.
0: it. But. Just retro completely. Doesn't look for me. Just retro completely. I mean, uh, like I said, yeah, actually I, I like your point. You know, they can keep the little navy blue stripes in there to kind of modernize it. But hey, if you're going retro, like include the logo, the retro logo, which is I uh, take the whole take the retro identity, I guess. See how like the Memphis Grizzlies are like branding it as the Vancouver Grizzlies. It's straight up mm-hmm. Vancouver Grizzlies and they yeah. get to wear that. It's nice. Um, Raptors, they take the old logo. They didn't like just take the colours and just uh, the design and then slap the new logo on, they changed it completely. Exactly. Um, and I, I I do, I agree because I'm looking at a photo and man, the original one with the original logo, um, is way better.
1: Yeah. It's such a better design and it's a classic design. Like that basically screams the J's of the seventies, the eighties. Like that's a timeless design and it, You cannot alter it in such a way. Like, I understand the idea behind making old new again, and I think we definitely should do that with a lot of sports teams, but there's a better way of doing it, and the Jays just, to me, just missed the mark.
0: Mm -hmm. You'll still catch me uh, grabbing one of these jerseys. (laughs) Oh, of
1: course. (laughs) Putting Guerrero, Bichette, or Biggio on that thing will be a hot seller I'm probably going to get a
0: Guerrero jersey because I already have... Um, you know the, the original one. So uh, I was waiting for like a new design to come out that I can finally get my Guerrero jersey on. Well,
1: of course. I actually have a Troy Tulowitzki jersey from right back <laughs> in twenty fifteen. It was a
0: decent purchase at the time. At but, the time uh, that was you you wouldn't go wrong getting, you know, Donaldson, Tulowitzki, Strowman, Bautista, any oh, one of, of them. Oh of course.
1: Of but course. Now, now it's a terrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as terrible as the time I bought a Tim Gleason jersey. <laughs>
0: Have you told that story on uh, on the podcast? I'm
1: not sure if I have, but for those of you who don't know, I once bought the Leafs alternative jersey from the early 2010s. Uh, you know, it's the one from the 1960s. Uh, basically, I got the jersey, and I wanted to put a number on the back, and it was around the time the Leafs got Tim Gleeson from the Hurricanes, and I fell in love with the player just because he was physical. He hit guys, <laughs> and he was a grinder. It's like, oh, my God, the Leafs don't have anyone like this. But I also really liked Morgan Riley because like, he was the rookie at the time, so I was like... Who do I pick between Tim Gleason and Morgan Riley on the jersey? Man. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Tim Gleason. <laughs> and within months of me getting the jersey stitched, uh spot him out. And here <laughs> I am stuck with this uh Tim Gleason jersey. I'm probably the only person on the planet that has has someone like something like this, so
0: You know what's the funniest? Like that just reminds me of uh people do as jokes like on Twitter. Whenever a player gets traded, yeah. Like they'll tweet like right away just got my whatever jersey in the mail. And then people are like, Oh, sorry to break it to you. (laughs) Like I saw, like for example, like when Anthony Davis got traded, like literally right away, someone tweets like, um, they just got their new, uh, Anthony Davis Pelicans jersey in the mail. Like, like literally (laughs) right when he got traded and then people are like, sorry to break it to you, but (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's just funny. I mean, obviously it's fake, but it's hilarious whenever I see it. But if
1: it's actually real, (laughs) then, uh, I'm so sorry. That would be hilarious. I'm sure we're gonna see something like that. That's why I'm always hesitant to when I have a jersey and I want to get it stitched. Uh, I don't want to do it because I want to curse the player. Like for example, like when Kawhi was in was in Toronto. Still, I was nervous that if I bought his jersey, he was gonna leave town. Obviously, he left town anyway, so probably didn't I matter wait, anyway.
0: I wait with my jerseys. I'm I'm Kawhi's jersey is probably the one thing I'm mad about because I uh, I was like, you know, I don't know if he's gonna leave. Um, so I didn't get it and then when playoffs came around and obviously uh, Pretty much after not even it just uh, when we started, you know, really advancing, you know after mm-hmm. round two when he hit the shot And it looks like we're going to finals um, Championship or not. I was like Kawhi's a legend, you know, yeah, I want his jersey even if he leaves Like I got to get a jersey. Yeah, um, it was sold out <laughs> But it was already sold out by then <laughs> through the playoffs. I'm like, hey, Maybe it'll go on sale, like, right after the championship. Never came back. Yep. Never came back.
1: And it's actually funny, because when I did get my jersey, I think it was not long before game one of the F- M- the the finals, or it was it kind of East, East Finals. I can't remember what it was. But I had I had the opportunity to get a Kawhi jersey, and it was right there for the taking. But knowing my luck, it's like, oh, there's no way. If I buy this jersey, Kawhi is most definitely leaving. So I thought, I How would I who's a player even that... If he,
0: even if he leaves, you know? Like- yeah.
1: Like who's a player that's on the Raptors that I don't that I kind of like and I and I'm, and if, even if they leave it doesn't matter.
0: Jeremy Lin. Let's get a Jeremy Lin jersey. So you you have a Jeremy Lin jersey. Yes, I that's do. That's a boss move. Jeremy Lin, I love Jeremy Lin. Even if he didn't play, you know, um how could you hate Jeremy Lin? Oh, of
1: course. He was a legend. He's like I think he's definitely one of the the greatest players uh to 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 support because of just his story and his uh up-and-down tenure in the NBA. Oh, of it's just a shame and that he's not playing he's here. He's the
0: first uh, American Asian to win a... I don't know if it's just Asian or American Asian, but either way, first to win a championship, I think that's that's huge. That's oh, just huge. Um, and, yeah, but uh, when I buy jerseys, like, I'm very slow with it. Like, um, so far, I have Matthews, and then I got a Riley jersey, and then, nice. like, obviously, when I was younger, I had other jerseys, but I'm saying right now, like, basically, all of 2015, I was like, I'm going to get a new jersey but like I was like no I'm not, not going to rush it because in 2015 we know the Leafs are going to blow up the team. I was like let's just wait. Yeah. There, and there's no players I really want. I thought Morgan Riley was like the only player I would get on a jersey at the time. Mhm. And then um probably going to get and I got a Nylander jersey now.
1: The with the with his new number, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice.
0: And then I'm I'm going to get a uh I don't know. Next up on the list is probably uh Anderson um or Marner may want one to wait a two? little bit on the <laughs> Anderson one. We'll talk about so that a That's why I got to wait, but yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> well, Marner. Well, there is
1: one player that I would totally get if he was on the Leafs, and you, I don't need to say his name. You already know who I'm referring to. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> uh, if, he, if he gets on the Leafs, I know you're going to be the first in line. To oh, that. I'm just going to be like, I this jersey is old, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to <laughs> go right in there put his name on the jersey right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, We've been on the baseball topic for a while. Let's just go through uh basketball. Yeah, let's do it. Pretty quick. It's again it's been a pretty slow week. Um I mean since I mean, you
1: mentioned Raptors old jerseys. How about <laughs> the
0: Raptors lately? The Raptors have been great. Um they've uh they're finally healthy. Um, they're playing great great basketball. Um and they are third in the East. Um when I say great basketball as in it's still kind of uh up and down like uh I wanna talk about the Atlanta game. We could tie in I wanna talk about Trey Young, we could talk about him too, but mm-hmm. That Atlanta game, like we were, it was up and down all game, and then and and the final quarter, you know, it looked like the Raptors were gonna easily take it, and then all of a sudden Trey Young and the Hawks, but mainly Trey Young, he just went off, um, got within three.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Like Trey Young, I think he's really coming to his own this year. Like, don't get me wrong, the Hawks are nowhere near the team that can be com- competing for championships year to year, but. I think they have a nice thing going. They are in potentially in the race for Andre Jung, which would be a nice addition for them. Mm-hmm. And if they somehow luck out and win uh, the NBA lottery or even just win a top 3 pick, that's huge for them. Like they could potentially be competing for playoffs as early as next year because when you have a quality player such as Trey Young on your team, you're you have a foundation that you can build upon. And in the weak conference like these, I mean, obviously they're not as weak as they've been in before. It's definitely much more competitive now i think atlanta could do something some damage here in the next couple years
0: you know i used to say like uh when luka was obviously getting really big but um he's still huge but i really realized it now but when they traded basically luka for trey young um i was like man do you think atlanta's kicking themselves right now for doing that trade but no i think trey young will be one of the top point guards um in the league in the next four years him and like you know, Jamoran, who I want to talk about more later. And, you know, maybe LaMelo Ball, if he's actually what he seems to be. Um, maybe, and whoever else might be, you know, might uh, advance to that point in, in a few years. But uh, I think it's it's perfectly fine that Atlanta picked up Trey Young because I, I seem, like, almost like Steph Curry. And then, uh, like, Luke could be, like, like if you're comparing, like, that trade, uh, I mean, would you rather have, you know, like, a, a Giannis or, or Steph? And I think either way, you d- you don't go wrong. I'm I, saying in the sense that Giannis mm-hmm. is probably Giannis will probably be better than uh, I, I know. Steph has changed the game, and he's definitely already you know Hall of Famer. But I think Giannis will be next up after LeBron to be the top player in the league.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I think it's pretty. It's been pretty evident since definitely last year, but maybe a couple of years now, where mm. it's looking like Giannis is going to take the reins as the next best player, like to be the face of the NBA. And I think. It, that's a very I think that's title now. for him. I think that's now. yeah. I think we. I think that's the case too. But LeBron doesn't want to let go of it because mm-hmm. LeBron is still playing excellent basketball even in his
0: older yeah. older years. But so. back to my point. I mean, if you're if you're looking at it like that, like Trey is is like Steph, and like you can't go wrong having Steph or Giannis. And uh, Atlanta's fine with the Trey Young, and I think he'll be huge. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, he just went off in that fourth quarter game against uh, the Raptors. But uh, the Raptors held on, and uh, yeah, they've been playing. They've been playing really great. I want to ask you though, uh, with, with the Raptors obviously doing so well right now, uh, what do you what do you kind of see towards the trade deadline? Because I know Masai Ujiri even uh I think he commented something. He said I think exact I don't have the exact quote, but I think it was something along the lines of uh, you know, they asked, Are you gonna be competing for a championship? Or are you trying to uh repeat this year? And he said, uh, we're gonna die trying.
1: Yeah, He did he did say that mm-hmm.
0: word for word. Oh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> but what do you what do you think of that?
1: Well, I think he's not wrong. Like clearly, we saw in the standings, the Raptors are still a very good team, even without Kawhi Leonard. And now they're finally getting healthy. I think they could theoretically win the second seed in the Eastern Conference. Like, do I think they're going to win the championship? Probably not. I still don't. I still think that this is the Bucks' year to make it out of the East, just because we saw how the the Celtics and the 76ers aren't as good as they were advertised to be. I think the Heat have definitely surprised, but this is not their time yet. Like, the Raptors could theoretically make it out of the East, but I don't know. It's like it's anybody's game. But I commend the Raptors for continuing to churn out quality teams in spite of losing a franchise-altering player in Kawhi Leonard, and they potentially have one right there in Pascal Siakam, and now the team is healthy again. We're probably starting to see what this team could be capable of and if they continue to play well against top teams like tonight they're playing against the 76ers that could be a huge test for them see where they're at uh terms of their development and uh, what we could expect them going forward if they win
0: that game that's going to be a huge statement of course and i think i I just want to say like just look at how fun this season has been for raptors fans i i think this is a different kind of season for in terms of that um it's almost like a wild card season you know Every other year you knew what you were getting out of The Raptors when it was the DeRozan Era Raptors You kind of knew you know you have a uh, A contending team Not a championship contending team But uh, a contending team I don't know it was fun but it wasn't Like nobody was super hyped that they'd win The championship because you kind of knew that they're Not that caliber of a team Mm -hmm. And then when, when the Raptors got Kawhi Leonard it was immediately This is the year we're going for it everyone knew that This is the year that the Raptors can actually go to the finals or win a championship, if anything. So it was very exciting in that way. And this year is exciting in a different way. As in, Raptors fans don't know at all. We, we don't know at all how the Raptors will do. And there's some excitement to that because um, the Raptors have the experience for a deep playoff run. Yeah. And they're surprising everyone. You know, like, as you said, they finish second even in the East. Um who knows what they can do? And I think that it's, it's super exciting to think that. Um, like, I was just getting excited the other day thinking that, you know, I think the Raptors could actually make the finals this year. Now it's looking really clear. Um, who's in our way? Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia. Philadelphia and Miami. I mean, I might be a little scared of Miami, but uh, because, again, with them, you don't know what you're really dealing with. Um, yeah. But those three teams are really inexperienced. Well, um, I don't think I, I think Philadelphia might be the easiest one out of th- out of three. If I'm being honest, um, especially if Embiid he's been battling injuries for a good amount of his career. If that keeps up, you know, I don't know where his career is going. But uh, again, Simmons isn't isn't. I mean, it, it's just mm-hmm. entirely. I don't see them as being a real um, threat in the playoffs. Yeah. And then Milwaukee. I mean. They've been playing amazingly, but uh, again, they're inexperienced. I don't know how Giannis is going to lead them to, uh, you know, through the playoffs. Um, and the Raptors, like we, the Raptors have shown that they can match up against like any team with any team really. And how will that happen in seven game series in the playoffs? Yeah. Um, We don't know. So that's why I think, Hey, if we match up against Milwaukee, you have this team, this team with championship DNA. Now every, every single one of them knows what it takes to get to the, um Mm -hmm. to the chip and they they all know that every single one of them well most of them not 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 the ones we've added this year but most of them um that that really boosts them into a whole nother tier i feel over the other teams of the east obviously in the west it's a different story i think with clippers even though they haven't been there before their individual players know how to get there um same with the lakers um yeah, and I even think the Nuggets uh, are getting to that point. The Nuggets are very good. Oh, I think they could be uh, a surprise team in the playoffs, maybe even make the conference finals. Even the Jazz, well. look even at the Jazz yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Raptors have been doing great. And, I like I said, I think they can make the finals.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking at the standings here. Like The Ra- the Raptors can very easily win the second seed in the Eastern Conference, even the f- potentially the first. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility that the Raptors could end up first in the Eastern Conference. I'm not saying that it's going to happen because it would take the Bucks like, going on a really, really extensive losing streak. And they're currently winning on a seven-game win streak right now. But let's not kid ourselves here. If the playoffs started today, the Raptors are going to be playing the Indiana Pacers, who have been really, having pretty good this year. Like, even though, like, they're, they're not making the biggest noise in terms of the fact that, like, oh, look at the Indiana Pacers. Like, this is a really good, this is a team to watch out for. I I would definitely say you should keep an eye on them because Victor Oladipo could very be a very scary player to play against, and that's potentially a much unfavor- a not so favorable matchup for the Raptors compared to if they were to play the Orlando Magic in round one again, which is mm-hmm. what they would be facing in the first round. And I think they should definitely be trying to climb up the standings as best they can because, like I said, I don't feel too I don't feel fully comfortable playing against the Pacers. If of that's course. who their first mile matchup is.
0: Of course. And, and and obviously going back to it, like, um, yeah, I mean on paper, the Raptors don't seem like, you know, the best team in the East, but they're playing like it. Well, maybe not. And maybe not like Milwaukee, but as in, in the fact that the Raptors are a wild card. They're they're like the most surprising team in the East in a way I'd say. Um uh-huh. I mean Miami's up there, but in in the way that they're completely passing expectations. And so you don't know if they're going to pass expectations. If they're going to exceed expectations in the playoffs too.
1: Yeah, like abso- I absolutely agree. I think the Raptors have something going here. And because they have that championship experience, I think they definitely have a really good shot if they were to make it out of the Eastern Conference to potentially make the Western Conference championship have a tough time winning the NBA championship if they even win it. But we'll see what happens. The season is still ways to go. Mm. We haven't even reached the All-Star break yet. Uh-huh. I think that'll I be I
0: We'll see where they are at that point. That flows into my next and final Raptors question, I guess. But um, trade deadlines coming coming soon. Are you with Masai on this? Is it is it fully compete this year? Don't trade off any pieces like that, or uh, do you think it's selling season? Because I I don't know. It's weird. I I saw reports of uh, obviously the the. I mean Masai kind of confirmed it that uh, the Raptors are are buying, if anything, that they want to compete this year and they want to um you know you know make the team better. Mm-hmm. Then I saw some reports that uh the Raptors are looking to sell and looking to trade off perhaps Lowry, Buck, and Gasol, but I don't know I don't think I mean I think now Masai pretty much confirmed that that's not true, but what do you think is the is the is the plan here?
1: Well, I mean if the Raptors were terrible this year, of course they would have sold off those guys. They probably wouldn't be on the team by now. And if they were still on the team, they probably wouldn't be by the trade deadline. But the fact that the Raptors are still competing for... Competing, they're definitely one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. That tells me, I think, if there is going to be a trade with one of those three players you mentioned gets moved, it's only going to be to upgrade the team, not only for this year, but potentially going forward. And I think out of all the guys that you you've mis- mentioned there, I know I said originally it was going to be Gasol. Maybe I did. I don't remember. But I think Ibaka is the only player of those three that I would trade right now. Because I think you can actually net some value off of him and get something quality back in return because Mm. i I think a lot of teams would value a player like him since he is younger and he has a lot of experience and now he's got a championship and if the raptors are thinking hey we should start getting a little bit younger just because if we want to keep this thing going into the future we have to make sure we're staying ahead of the curve as best we can i think that's the only player you can move because you cannot replace gasol's defense it, Gasol, Lowry's uh, for sure. leadership is undeniable, and there's no one on the Raptors team I don't feel comfortable just like here. You're the leader now. Take it over from Kyle. There's no one, no one's ready to do that yet. Kyle is still so important. I think out of all those three, you have to move Ibaka. But I don't. I also don't don't see them moving them. What do you think?
0: Exactly. I don't. I wouldn't move any of them. Um, I'm I'm exactly with you down there. If anything, it would be Ibaka. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, people thought Gasol because he was. Really not playing well offensively, but and nobody really you know, they didn't really see his defense, you know, when he's when he's breaking shots, things like that. You think about that. But I think his absence actually actually spoke volumes to his importance because when he was gone, you could see the hole he left in defense, especially. And now that he's back, you know, it's it's much better. So if if, if the Raptors are gonna compete this year, they should definitely keep him. Lowry's a given. Uh, he's been playing great um keep him there um let him play out his contract i would say or again next next season trade him as a rental you don't have to worry about that right now if anything worry about that in their contract here mm-hmm. um ibaka again i would keep i would keep him together i feel like he's He honestly he's i feel like he's the glue of the team because he's a likable guy he's one of those players that everyone likes uh of course and you can see it you can see it um and uh, I would miss his cooking show as well. <laughs> I mean, you
1: can still watch it.
0: I know, but uh, it's just not the same. Of course. It won't be the same. Of but, course. Um, he, uh, again, like, I don't know. How, you know, sometimes you don't want to mess up the chemistry, if, you, if especially with a player that you know is, is a popular guy. And um, But I don't know because I would. It depends on who you're getting back. Um, that was going to be my next question is, who do you think uh, the Raptors should be shopping if they're, if they're, you know, trying to acquire pieces or, or trying to make the team better. I mean, I think everyone want everyone see, sees this one player. I, I, you might not know, know who I'm talking about, but. Uh, uh, you can say it. You no, say I mean, it. take your guess. I want to hear you take a
1: guess. Uh, who's a player that would be available at the deadline that the Raptors might be interested in? Is it Andre Drummond?
0: No. I'm talking about Bradley Beal.
1: Ooh. <laughs> 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 That's out of left field for me. But, um. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? And that's actually not so much at left field. The one who doesn't like losing should be on mm-hmm. the Raptors, and he
0: is. He is. He has said that. Um, I think last week, actually, or, or somewhere around there, he actually said that vocally. Um, he, he, he expressed his displeasure, and uh, <laughs> the Raptors should be looking at that as, hey, uh, he wants to come to a winning team. Toronto is a winning city.
1: I don't know who the GM or the president of the Washington Wizards in, but if I'm Masayu Chiri, I'd be getting the phone right now, sending a text, and saying, "Hey, you up?" <laughs> and see what happens. I don't know
0: who they'd trade for him. I don't know. Uh, obviously, you have. A, I think Washington has an unhappy. He's obviously not coming out and saying he wants to trade, but you could see. I think he has an. They have an unhappy athlete right now. Yeah. And uh, you should start shopping if that's what he really wants. Um, and hey. The Raptors uh, could use a guy like him. Actually, Um, he would be he would be perfect.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. But like that's not going to come cheap, and that means you're going to have to potentially give up a first round pick, potentially one of your roster players or two, and you're going to have to figure out. Okay, now that he's here, where do we put him? Mm When in the lineup? Does he play starting minutes? Does he have to? Of course, he plays starting minutes. No, what I mean by that is like does he play starting minutes? Because I think the Raptors like really like some of their starting lineup that they have right now. But to my point, it's basically, there's a lot to think about there. But if you were to get this guy and you were to get him at a reasonable price without giving up too much from your team, you go for it. Of course. Yeah. Oh, of course. Shooting I, guards don't yeah. come very you often. You definitely
0: have to think about that because the Raptors are playing so well because everything is just kind of fitting in right right now. Right? Um, you know, uh, I don't know because then you have to see uh, shooting guard. If he's a shooting guard, you know, would, would Fred or one of the two guards take decreased minutes, mm-hmm. you know, adding in a guard? Um yeah, exactly and 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 uh how does how does he fit in? Who do you get rid of? I think Ibaka, I don't know if ebaka plus could get it done. I don't know that I think that all depends on Washington's desperation level. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think if Washington is it's desperate to move him out, the pricing
1: the ask the asking price is going to go down just because of the fact that teams will recognize hey, this guy wants they want to move this guy as soon as they possibly can. We'll just give them whatever. But if they're not as desperate, then, of course, it's going to take a lot. And just because of the fact, I mean, obviously, it's a very encouraging sign for contending teams when they see comments like, (laughs) I hate losing. Losing sucks. (laughs) But we'll see. I am very curious to see what happens on that front. And if the Raptors can get him for a reasonable price,
0: that's a huge get. Of course. Um, We should start moving through this a little quicker because uh, we've been going on about that for a while. (laughs) Um, Zion Williamson will be back tonight. If you don't remember uh, or if you don't know, we're we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, January the uh, 22nd. So Zion is expected to play for the Pelicans tonight. Um, And honestly, we talked about the Pelicans a little last week, so I don't want to get too deep into it, but I'm excited. I'm really excited for him because, uh, again, Lonzo Ball has been playing great. Brandon Ingram is like mm-hmm. working his way to superstar status. Um, the team is is uh, they're 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 starting to play much better, and uh, again, a lot of people had expectations for them, and now their centerpiece is finally coming back or finally getting to play. To he played preseason, but he didn't play a single regular season game yet. So yeah. they finally have their centerpiece, and uh, we kind of saw a little about how he plays, and he tore it up in preseason. Um, he now has a really good Lonzo ball passing to him, who's a pass first point guard. Yeah, um, I just think I actually think he's the perfect fit for the team right now, and I think he's gonna have a good night. Hopefully, I think I think he will. Though, what are you predicting he's gonna do? Um, a, a couple dunks, a couple huge dunks, maybe one highlight reel dunk, just because it's his first game, so the hype is already kind of there, and then people are, and then he if he does one crazy dunk, it's just gonna be everywhere. Um, but um what do you what, what what what's your stat line i'm maybe? gonna
1: say 20 points three assists five rebounds something along those lines i was gonna
0: say something along the, i was gonna say 20 maybe 20 22 something around there 22 points, rebounds points oh points, i was points. gonna say hold, hold no, saying, your horses yeah. there i'm saying like 20 <laughs> uh 20 to 22 somewhere around there points um yeah maybe like two assists he doesn't really pass uh too much obviously um, I think Lonzo will do most of that for him, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no, I think maybe like five or six or seven rebounds. I think that's a pretty good debut if that's what he. He's ends huge, up doing. so hey, he can box out opponents. Yeah, easy.
1: I'm, I'm really excited to see it too. Like, obviously, uh, it was it sucked that he had the preseason injury that wiped out the majority of the start of the season. Uh, and he's yeah, great. I mean, he's great for basketball. Like maybe, maybe bad. he'll
0: surprise us and go out and get thirty. Yeah,
1: <laughs> or he will surprise us and. Get hurt again? Oh, don't first. say that. <laughs> oh, come on. Knock, okay, kn- knock on wood. But if he can stay healthy, I think the Pelicans have something special here because he did get hurt in college before. This is not the first time he's gotten injured. I I hope and pray that he can he's stay healthy. He's a big guy. So, I mean, I yeah. think
0: people know he's like a freak athlete. Like He's like – you've never seen a body like that in basketball, the way he moves, the way – he plays like a – he's a he's built like a center, but he plays like a guard. Insane, right? Of um. So obviously, what he, he he has a jump shot, everything, all that up and down as a, a big guy, it's not going to be good for his legs. Um. So I mean, I, I they know that though, mm-hmm. you no, know? um, they know those concerns, but you take those risks, and he could still be a star.
1: Absolutely, I think he's definitely got star potential in him.
0: But on the opposite
1: end of uh, greatness, uh, let's talk about a player who's uh, he's fall from grace has been pretty apparent this year. I'm talking, of course, about James Harden. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Um, I only
0: want to talk about the Rockets a little because uh, I don't really like the Rockets. But uh, Oh, who who doesn't? <laughs> when when the Rockets <laughs> traded for Russell Westbrook, I was like, uh, I think they're taking a step back with this. And although Russell West, maybe you could see it as not a step back, as in when James Harden has been playing, he's been breaking shots uh, lately. What, what was the stat line? I think he missed. He made 1 for 13 three-pointers?
1: Yeah, like they're looking. I'm looking at a picture here 1 for 17 1 two for, for 17. 18 yeah. 1 for 8 3 for 14. Doesn't think, that sound to you like concert
0: dates? Isn't not? <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. That's hilarious. <laughs> I I think uh it's the lowest uh or the most amount of free uh three-pointers missed in a game, something like that. And that's insane. And um but on the other side Russell Westbrook this is why you might think the trade was good because While uh, James Harden is over there breaking shots, Russell Westbrook has been playing great. Um, He's been kind of the only – I mean, James Harden is still James Harden, but he's been kind of keeping – Westbrook has been kind of keeping the team in games for uh, a while now. He's been playing great. But they're not really getting those wins, which was what matters. And Mm -hmm. it's not really working. You have two, um, you know, ISO ball-heavy players. um, Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to say it, but I mean, they 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 both kind of are known to stab pad in a way. And uh, I mean, we saw it. We saw um, Russell Westbrook steal a pass in the dying minutes or the dying seconds. Go try to take the final shot and then miss it. Um, I, I I mean I get it because he was the only one shooting well in the same game. The Harden, you know, missed yeah. however many. Well, I think it was 12 uh shots 12 three pointers yeah um of course somebody else has to step up if if, he, if your main guy's not getting it done uh and I guess he felt that was him but uh I think it also speaks uh it, it tells something about you know <laughs> is he in it for the stats or like uh could he have let his teammate take the shot
1: I think there's a bit of both and also I think he's just like he's so desperate to try to end his slump and like in a big mm-hmm. way he's like oh I'm going to end the slump with a big game tying three. Boom! I'm back, boys and girls. Look at me. I'm James Harden. I shoot threes all day, all day. It's like that's not how it works. Just I think what my model in life is when you don't think about it is when it happens. I think James Harden should just not be so focused on trying to end Islam slump and just be focused on trying to get the ra- the Rockets where they need to be. The Rockets should be way better than what their record currently says. I don't even know what their what place are they currently in the standings
0: um I, I mean look that up i actually don't so why while you're, while you're i don't know the up. i don't know the west by heart i only know that the top teams in the west really it, it seems to be shifting a lot in the Oh, middle. of course
1: yeah just to finish my point while you're looking it up like he shouldn't be more focused on trying to make sure the rockets are in a good spot for the wet for uh, competing going forward and i think you shouldn't be so fixated on like if i don't get this many shots off i'm going to my stats are gonna look terrible cuz like the only player that on the team that's more stat hungry than him is Russell Westbrook and as we know for like 3 years in a row he was averaging a triple double.
0: Of course. So uh back back to the standings uh I mean 4 to 7 has been basically interchangeable for the last however long but uh the Rockets currently sit 6th in the West.
1: I think they could easily get 4th, maybe even 3 if yeah, they, I mean, they play the Yeah, they're like right?
0: they're one win behind uh 5th cuz Dallas is uh in 5th. Um and then another three wins behind uh, Utah, and, you know, it's it's, it's close. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just I don't know, and I don't even see Houston as a championship contender anymore. I feel like they took a step backwards, and they're just playoff contenders now. I think nobody's really touching L.A., both L.A. teams, maybe the Nuggets and maybe the Jazz. And, uh, I mean, once Luka and Porzingis start coming into their own, I think Dallas will be up there too.
1: Absolutely agree. Uh, I just hope that the Rockets can figure this out. I don't think they're going to win a
0: championship, too. I'm with you on that one, but
1: I think they can definitely be better than the record says they are.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, last thing I wanted to talk about on uh, basketball, uh, I mean, while we're looking at the standings, surprisingly, the eighth-place team in the West are the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who everyone thought would pretty much tank this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ja Moran especially has been leading this team as a rookie. He's my candidate for rookie of the year for sure. But he's been playing insane and Memphis has been getting it done and I think they could keep this up and make the playoffs. I think
1: so too. I think the 8th seed in the Western Conference is currently wide open. Like there's mm-hmm. so many teams that could theoretically make that spot like the Spurs, the Blazers, the Suns. The Blazers are
0: starting to get um pick things up again. Uh obviously Carmelo's playing good. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard scored 61 points the other night yeah insane
1: but just going back to the grizzlies i really like the team's uh makeup going forward i think they definitely i don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year it's very surprising obviously i think they could use one more piece uh from the first round that could really help their team get over the hump and like potentially compete for the sixth seat going Mm. forward but to your point uh, i don't follow the grizzlies too closely but I like what their what their makeup is going forward. And the fact they're even in this position right now at this late in the season, it's it's a it's nothing but positive for, for Grizzlies
0: fans. I think they have a bright future ahead. Of course. And um again, Jam he's been playing insane and uh like I said with uh Trey Young, I think Jam will also be up there, um, as a top point guard, um, in this league. And uh I mean other players like uh especially like Jonas Valanciunas, former Raptor, he's playing He's playing very well uh right now. I'm trying to look up his stats, but uh oh you're averaging fifteen points a game. Um that's that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and John Morant's only twenty years old. Like yeah. imagine what he would be like when he's twenty four or twenty five. Exactly. Exactly. I think the next decade of the next uh I guess, you know, generation of point guards is definitely um Ja, Trey Young. Um again, we don't know about LaMelo. We don't know if how Lonzo's uh, turning out. Um, You know, players like that, they're going to really lead the NBA in a few years. Um, Going now into hockey, I think it's time. Yeah, I think it's a um, good time to bring that up. Hockey's too. been pretty slow. It's, it's the bye week right now, so we don't really have much to talk about.
1: From the Leafs, of course, but the All-Star game is coming up in a few days. Tonight's mm-hmm. actually the very last game before the All-Star break officially begins. Um, let's go with competition's on Friday the actual games on saturday if you guys don't know already there's three leaves going to the game austin matthews mitch marner and frederick anderson Mm. which we will talk about a little Mm -hmm. bit later but instead let's just focus first on uh the all-star game what do you think do you think it's people should make a big deal out of it or is it um
0: not so much it's just a fun thing um i think this year has been tough because there's a lot of injuries like i feel like every time like uh, every time I open Twitter, well not every time, every co- a few days you you check Twitter and you see this player won't be participating in the All-Star game and they've replaced him with this player. Um, even today, um, Artemi Panarin has, uh, I mean he's injured but he won't be participating and they replaced him with Chris Kreider. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I just briefly, like, uh, I know a lot of Leafs fans have been wanting Chris Kreider for the last couple of years and he kind of regressed um the end of last season into this season but uh, hey it's kind of funny that he's an all-star now and he's a free agent so wouldn't it be funny if he uses that as kind of a <laughs> oh, of negotiation course. thing in his in his uh contract negotiation i most
1: definitely think he will because it's so hard to make it to the all-star game and just because of the circumstances of it was probably the only reason why he made it in but once you're 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 an all-star hey, forever once you make it he's an
0: all-star it's it's he, it's, on, it's on his list of achievements all starting that's all it says right exactly exactly but uh, it'll be fun and uh, are they still doing like the three on three tournament oh they like still are thing?
1: and they're gonna have a women's competition too which yeah, I yeah. forgot I'm excited to mention for last time. I will
0: be watching that that'll be my like I'm really looking forward to that
1: I think it'll be very fun I think for this year especially this is probably gonna be the most entertaining skills competition and the three on three tournament just because there's so much brand new that's gonna be implemented that we've never seen before and I think that that's good representation for women's hockey just from that front alone. For sure. But a lot of unique players are going to be in the all-star game for the first time. For example, I'm really excited to see what Mitch Marner does on the big stage. I'm just
0: excited to see though, like our, we know that Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and Frederick Anderson are all really good friends. Like they're like best buds on the team. I want, I mean, they're funny guys too. I want to see like what they're doing at the skills competition. It's all about, you know, letting out that personality and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, is it safe to say that most people care more about the skills competition nowadays than the game?
1: I think so, too. I think the skills competition is the the, the bigger draw. It's, it's similar to the NBA. When you think of the NBA All-Star Weekend, what do you watch more? The game itself? Or the, the skills the sl- competition. The slam dunk competition.
0: Exactly.
1: And I think that's the same thing for baseball. No one cares about
0: the All-Star yeah, Game. Yeah, everyone cares Especially about the home because, run derby. Yeah, exactly. Because it doesn't mean anything like the All-Star Game. It's just a game.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it used to when uh, the world... It would determine who would have home field advantage oh, yes, in the World yes, Series. Yes. But no one cares. And no one even cares about the Pro Bowl for football. I mm-hmm. mean, that's coming up this week. Yeah. But I don't think anybody really cares because they know that next the week after
0: that is the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest it's just, draw. It's just a little fun thing. But I think the um the skills competition is way way more funny it's uh you know players let out their personality more um it's just interesting all around uh i think that'll be fun obviously they haven't announced who's participating what yet but Mm -hmm. it'll be fun and um back to the three-on-three tournament if we are talking about the uh three-on-three tournament yeah the uh the game i think uh i think it'll go pretty well
1: I think I know this is silly, but if they want to make the All Star game itself more interesting, they should do what MLB used to do, which is make it. Oh, well, if you win this game, not only is your team going to win money, but your conference is going to have home ice advantage in the playoffs, no matter what. Like that would make it more interesting because then there's something to play for. Obviously, it's silly. It's a silly way to determine who's going to have the home ice advantage in in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. But like at the same time. If you want to make people more interested in the actual game, not just because it's three-on-three three for 10 minutes, find find a way to make it interesting. Like, seriously, the only three-on-three on three all-star game that I f- fondly remember watching from start to finish, not just skills competition, was 2016. Mm-hmm. And you know why
0: that was? John Scott. <laughs> exactly. There has to be that, some kind of like fun aspect to it. Um, I rem- But as well, like when they first introduced it, everyone to see because three-on-three three was the big thing, um, with obviously the implementation to overtime and everything. Yeah, and uh, it was just fun, but now it's kind of getting played out. Um, I would I would like them to switch it up. I remember the. Do you remember when they would do the drafts? Yeah, the, the fantasy drafts. drafts. The drafts were probably pick, the pick funnest thing. Pick two captains, and then they. And when Phil Kessel <laughs> went last <laughs> overall, <laughs> and then Ovechkin <laughs> took a photo of him and everything.
1: I think he almost uh, went last overall a few years later in Columbus. I know
0: that was that oh, was a man. good one too. I think. Uh, i forget who went last overall in that one but uh it was funny and i remember he got a car though oh I mean, of course he got a free car but uh that was funny <laughs> and he's just, just so awkward up there i remember they i think it was james dutty calling phil and he wasn't <laughs> even paying attention <laughs> <laughs> it, it was hilarious but uh that, that was fun that was like another event right like might as well make it another event um i missed that and i think um if they kind of change it up again i think it's time to change it up again i think people are. 3-on-3 three three uh, format.
1: It's not the 3-on-3 three three tournament itself that's boring. It's just, I mean, 3-on-3 over, three three overtime is the best thing that could have ever happened to hockey. But yeah, at the same course. time, like we can make it more fun like than just 3-on-3 three three overtime. Make yeah, it mean exactly. something, because if it doesn't mean anything, then the players are not going to try their hardest. You're going to see less-than-stellar product. They thought
0: giving away free money would be enough incentive, but these are millionaire athletes who really mm-hmm. don't care about making how much when they split isn't it isn't it only a million dollars split between the, the team or something yeah it's not even that big of a team yeah like, and like what if a I player mean gets heard no, yeah and what i'm saying is like there's a number of players actually on a team so a million dollars split will only be like what fifty thousand per player like it's nothing it's, it's <laughs> like it's, it's, it's like oh thanks, thanks 100k for like, per player it's
1: it's like you go to your grandmother's house and they she that's gives pocket you $10. change for them <laughs> it gives you ten dollars like yeah. thanks for the free money appreciate it
0: yeah um but so I don't know, they need to do something. Uh, the fantasy draft was interesting because it's basically putting the players with their friends a lot of the time, <laughs> yeah, which, which made for a lot of funny moments. Uh, but I don't know, we'll see. And I, I think the, I don't know what it, I'm looking at the rosters. Who do you think is the most stacked uh, roster right here? I think if, if
1: we're going to be completely honest, I'd probably have to. It's it's a toss-up, but I think I would just go with the uh, Central Division. I think the Central Division is the most stacked because look at all the players that they have. So yeah, they got
0: McKinnon, Kane, Ryan O'Reilly, um, David Perrin, uh, Mark Shifley, Tyler Sagan, Eric Stahl, Roman Josi, Alex Petriangelo, Bennington, and Hellebuck. That's oh, a good I, team
1: uh, That's a good one And I think it's, could, It could go down Between the Central And the Atlantic Division In the final game Just because There's just so much Chains been going on To the Metro Division And like I don't know I can't see the Metro Division The Atlantic being, The
0: Atlantic is stacked Obviously Oh yeah Pasternak Matthews Eichel Huberto uh, Hedman Weber And then uh, uh, Atlantic Division Probably has the best goalies uh, Anderson Vasilevsky And Rask on one team. That's insane. Anderson the best goalie?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean I'm sorry, I had to put that one in there. With that, do you want to just head straight into the Leafs talk? Because yeah. I think we could because um I think the news with the Leafs is uh before this bye week they've struggled recently. Yeah. And uh Anderson has been a big uh big uh reason for that and um obviously I don't want to put all the blame on him but what he led in like I think it was eighteen goals in his last five Starts or something. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's um, it's been bad, um, and uh, I'm not saying that the Leafs obviously keep Anderson, let him get back to, you know, playing good. But uh, I think this is the perfect time for the Leafs to fix their backup goalie situation and give get a goalie that you can uh, get a backup goalie that can be confident in you know playing when Anderson is in these kind of Mm slumps because the, the problem is. Anderson's in a slump, so logically you'd let uh, the backup play a game, maybe um, ride him out for a little until Anderson's confidence kind of gets back. But the Leafs don't have that much confidence in Hutchinson either right now.
1: Yeah, even though he won that shutout against the New York Islanders, the Islanders aren't the strongest offensive team, so you Mm -hmm. can't really judge that Like, oh, Hutchinson's amazing because he shut out the New York York Islanders. You
0: have, like, two good games doesn't mean you, uh, (laughs) you know, you're reliable.
1: Of course. Yeah, that doesn't really tell you the whole story. And the Leafs are one of the worst uh, teams uh, in terms of goals against. Like th- the only teams that are worse than them, I'm looking at the standings right now, are the San Jose Sharks, the New Jersey Devils, and the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. That is not good company to be in. Uh, especially <laughs> when you're not that when two goals ahead of you are the Florida Panthers. They've given up 163 goals and yet they're in the playoff spot, which of we'll course. talk to in a, about in a second. And like
0: I just I don't know. Like a move has to be done. I proposed uh, Ryan Miller. I mean, everyone everyone wants uh, uh, Goryev to be a Leaf, but they're asking for way too much. The Rangers are asking for way too much, and so I think the best plan of action is if you can't get him, get Ryan Miller because I think Ryan Miller is a more solid backup. Yeah. I would actually let's say the Leafs got him. I would ride him out a couple games until Anderson gets that um, confidence back, and let's just hope that. He's playing good, and then the Leafs could just ride out.
1: Exactly. I think the backup goalie is definitely a thing that they should be looking to acquire. And not just simply for this season, just trying to give Anderson the much-needed rest while he gets his confidence back, but more so to the fact that they have to start considering life without Freddie past 2021 because his contract is up after next season. I don't know if he's going to be back with the team after that. And they have to also keep in mind that Joseph Wool and Ian Scott are getting closer and closer to that day where they are going to knock on the door and say, hey, we're ready to compete for a, play- for a spot with the Leafs starting goalie. Mm-hmm. They definitely have to keep that in mind. And if they're not ready by that time, then you need to have a backup goalie that you can come of say, okay, you take the reins. Yeah. And I think that's why it makes a lot of sense why they're going after gear Give if, in fact, they actually are. But if they're, they, they're more than comfortable keeping Freddie going forward, then, yeah, you have to keep, your, you have to keep in mind... You don't want to give up a roster player, and that would be a dumb, a silly idea to even consider. And like, like to just sorry, just quickly point up in today's article from Elliot Freeman's Thirty One mm-hmm. Thoughts. We were going to that. Yeah, uh, perfect. A lot of talk about Casper Kapanen, but the sense around the NHL is the only way Toronto moves him now isn't a big deal, something that makes them significantly better, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, why would I move Casper Kapanen just to get a backup goalie? There's no way I would do that, because for even because think about it this way. Would Casper, for the range perspective, if you're trying to trade for Casper Kapanen, and you say, "Here, take Alexander Giorgiev," the Leafs
0: think Alexander Giorgiev's not enough to get Casper Kapanen. I think it goes both ways. But uh, I mean, again, with Kapanen, like uh, I think he would be used if anything, that bigger trade would be for a defenseman, and that kind of. Again, I want uh, I want to say like I wouldn't entirely blame it on Anderson either because the Leafs have been. A hospital on the blue line basically Oh, of course um, so they definitely have holes there right now Until Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin come back, but uh if the Leafs are trying to make a trade on uh, You know on the blue line for some help on the blue line um move out CC yeah. um, bringing someone really solid um, I think Casper recapping will be used in that kind of deal yeah. and um, I mean there's still rumors about uh, Manson um, I don't know if he if if they would be interested in if Anaheim would be interested in Casper Kapanen. I don't know, but that's what I see a defenseman trade. Uh, I think you can get a backup goalie mm-hmm. for cheaper. Uh, like I said, if New York does, if New York is being stubborn and you know we can't afford, if the Leafs can't afford uh, what New York is asking for, I'd say go for Ryan Miller.
1: Yeah, but you also have to keep in mind though Ryan Miller has a no trade clause and he is on the uh, older yes. side. That's mm-hmm. the I think that's a big thing for me too. Like. If he is more than willing to come back to the East Coast, then yeah, absolutely, make the move. But I think you could p- potentially see a scenario where the Leafs make a big trade with the Ducks, where they move Kasper Kapanen but get back to Josh Manson, and that's a huge boost to their boot line. Because even if Jake Muzzin, who's projected to come back for Monday's game against the uh, Nashville Predators next week, like I'd still make a trade. I think mm-hmm. it makes too much sense to, not to to make a trade because Jake Muzzin has such a huge value to this team. It's just like what we saw with the Raptors with Marcus Alou. Even though he's getting older in age, Jake Mudson's defensive value is unmatched, and Leafs are a much better team when he's on the ice when he's compared to when he's not. Exactly.
0: We need to start wrapping up soon, but uh, I think we'll move away from the Leafs. And uh, I think you want to mention uh, you can talk about a little bit about the Jets.
1: Yeah, let's talk. We'll talk about teams that are surprising us in a good and bad way, and let's just go over this quickly. I think the Jets, for me, are the biggest surprise in a negative sense because. They actually have been struggling a lot lately. Um, for I'm just taking a quick look at the standings right here. They are currently third, and like uh, they're out of a wild card spot with 54 points. They are well behind the w- Dallas Stars in terms of th- the third spot in the Central Division, and they are three points behind Vegas Golden Knights for a wild card spot in the Western Conference. I understand that the Jets had a had a really strong start to their season. But we also have to keep in mind a lot of part of that was because of Connor and Hellebuck. And now that they're struggling, guess who's the big part of the reason why they're struggling? Connor Hellebuck mm-hmm. is playing as his numbers are going down. I think.
0: I mean, it's, it's the same deal with the Leafs. Mm-hmm, yeah. Anderson's hot, the Leafs work their way back into a playoff spot. Anderson's slumping, and the Leafs slump. You know, teams are a reflection of their goalie, it's really true.
1: Yeah, but you also have to have a really good team around them, and the Jets' defense, as we've established already, is uh, it's amazing that they're even in a playoff spot Mm -hmm. to begin with. But, like, I think it's pretty clear that, one, they're hoping and praying that Dustin Buffalo can return for this season, but if he doesn't, they need to make a move because that defense core is just not going to get it done because even if they do make the playoffs, if they do sneak in somehow, they're going to get killed Mm -hmm. unless they make a move.
0: I think for me, Edmonton is... uh surprised me again because i think when we thought they were going to regress i mean they, they started to regress and mm-hmm. we thought that was it they're going to start regressing but hey they worked their way back up and uh i mean that's all i really have to say about them but they surprised me in that way that's i mean, surprised me too obviously we know florida is surprising tampa bay tampa bay we kind of expected they'll eventually get back up there oh, florida yeah. Florida's in it and um that's surprising in a way but i expected them be Pretty high up.
1: I mean, they're they're a good team. Let's not. They care are a themselves. good team for sure. But I think it's also because of the fact that their goalies are making saves, and I think they're on a pretty sh- ridiculous shooting percentage. Like, for example, in the game against the, the Leafs, the Florida Panthers shooting percentage I think was some something ridiculous up mm-hmm. until like uh, when it was like six two or something like that. Like teams don't shoot thirty percent and have a thirty percent success rate in a hockey game. You just don't do that. But at the same time, they are a really good, well built team. If they can get their, if Bobrovsky can figure things out, they could actually do some damage, of course, and make life difficult for the Leafs to make the playoffs. But speaking of teams that are making life difficult for the Leafs to make in the playoffs, Columbus of all teams is having an amazing season, way beating way beyond expectations. They're currently in the second wild card spot with sixty points, and even though they've been rattled with injuries, especially to their goalie position, they just keep finding ways to win.
0: And I want to talk about uh, their goalie position. Um, you Absolutely. were just talking about Sergei Bobrovsky um let's not forget that before he went to columbus he was a flyer the flyers didn't want him as their backup goalie. he was a backup goalie and they still didn't want him mm-hmm. goes to columbus and uh he turns into a arguably one of the best goalies um of the last few years um what, what how many visit did he win to?
1: uh i think i know for sure he won one i can't remember if he mm-hmm. won a second one let
0: me let me just double check that but i mean it, I, i'm saying like now uh their current starter what was his name uh well, Corpusolo right yeah Corpus Allo's injured um he's injured but he was an, he was playing amazing mm-hmm. he was an all-star and he got injured and now their current goalie um what's his name Elvis uh, Elvis Merz- I literally Liga. only know the Elvis part <laughs> but uh <laughs> what what, what's his record is it not 3 and 0 or something like that yeah something along the lines of that he's been unbelievable since uh, joining the team
1: and this is his rookie season in uh, the NHL like that's impressive and
0: i think what has made Columbus so good um, for the last few years has been their goaltending, mm-hmm. and I think this speaks volumes, or this this says something about um, Columbus's ability to develop goaltenders. I mean, I think it's apparent now. Like Bobrovsky, again, he went to Florida now, and he's uh, not really playing as well, as well as people would have expected. Um, is that does that have something to do with you know he's away from Columbus's goaltending coaches? Um, do they have a, a a hand to play in his his rise? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it's still his talent, but they kind of unlocked that talent, and they're doing that with a lot of other goalies. Yeah, and like, I mean, if we want to relate back to the Leafs, like the Leafs are struggling to get a goaltender right now, and and all the Leafs goaltenders have been acquired from other teams. Um, they haven't really developed their own or had much success developing their own goaltender. Um,
1: the last one was uh, James Reimer, and look where he is now. He's on the mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm.
0: But look at Columbus. Like this is, this is their third in a row. Like elite goaltender. Home. I mean, I he's only been playing three games, but so let's say two elite goaltenders and, and one uh two all star goaltenders. Let's say that, and now one that's just looking really well. They've really definitely good.
1: hit a bunch of doubles, and I think when people were expecting them to hit uh, pop out, I think kudos to Columbus for continuing to find ways to uh, exceed expectations. Yeah, and again,
0: like when Bobrovsky left. They said, uh, "Oh, they don't have a goalie now. They're gonna suck." And hey, they they said, "Hey, we'll just develop this goalie."
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think they're just gonna they're gonna draft a goalie in the first round, and he's gonna turn into the next uh, Dominic Hasik. Because of course, he's gonna turn into the next Dominic Hasik. That's what just happens, yeah. Columbus.
0: <laughs> props to props to Columbus, though. I think uh, goaltending is their uh, bread and butter right there. Of course, yeah, and uh, wouldn't at least love to
1: have something like that. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, um, I think we've been going on for quite a while. I we think we have. should wrap it up here. I just
0: want to wanna end it off with uh, – I mean, we'll, we'll just do it now uh, quickly, super quick. Super Bowl is um, 49ers and Chiefs. I mean, obviously, we saw the games this weekend. Yeah. Um. We, we, we know how it all went down, but I want to. I just want to get your predictions for the Super Bowl real quick. This is a way too early prediction it's early. because it's, uh, yeah. it's almost two weeks away. But – Based on what you saw this weekend.
1: I think it goes either way. But I think uh, it, if it will really come down to who is going to bend first, who's going to bend and break first, is it going to be the San Francisco 49ers defense, which has been excellent all year and carrying them to this point, or is it going to be the Chiefs offense, which is led by Patrick Mahomes, who is quickly establishing himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he can cement himself as a force be reckon with with a Super Bowl win. I I don't know who is going to win it more. I, I, I don't have a prediction that's like, oh, this is for sure the guy. Because I think it would go either way. I could see either team winning it. But if I really had to pick one, I'm going to be honest, defense wins
0: championships, I'm going to lean slightly towards the 49ers. Really? I'm you? going I'm going with the Chiefs. And I'm not the best with the football. I'm not an expert on football. But, man, the Chiefs just play insane. And Patrick Mahomes is just insane. And I, I I'm I'm just – I think the the Chiefs will come on, on top this year. Um should be a fun game because fun there's no Tom Brady. <laughs> fun fact. Uh I don't know if you I saw that this funny post. Um did you hey, did you uh sorry, one of our good friends just walked through but uh That's all right, happens. <laughs> <laughs> um uh what's his name? Uh Patrick Mahomes. He uh he actually was drafted uh in the MLB draft. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw a funny tweet and it was it was that uh the the Detroit Tigers have drafted more star quarterbacks than the De- than the Detroit Lions.
1: Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If there's one way to just twist the knife with the Lions, that that's the one right there. <laughs> and could you remember Russell Wilson was also like one of those I think he was one of those uh, quarterbacks mm. drafted by the Tigers and he recently was playing in spring training for the Yankees. And had looked had a decent at bat even though he struck out.
0: Man, what's up with that? Like when a, when an athlete like you know declares for two drafts, I wonder how they choose if they get drafted both. Like I guess I guess whichever one they think they'll. I mean, sell didn't out,
1: we like. see Deion Sanders playing both both baseball and football?
0: I it's mean, that's totally obviously possible. an option. Hey, what if Austin Matthews got drafted to both the MLB draft and the NHL draft? Because I remember oh, people. Uh, I think his dad said he. His dad claims that he was actually better at one point at baseball than he was at hockey, but he chose hockey.
1: Uh, that's that's really a, that's a, that's an amazing what if. What if he got drafted by Toronto with the Blue Jays? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something?
0: What if he was first overall in both? I don't know. Hey, you never that know. That'd be insane.
1: You never know with with players like Austin Matthews. Like I think <laughs> what it is when you're an athlete that's really good at one sport, chances are you're going to be good at a lot of other decent in a mm-hmm. lot of other sports
0: as well. I know, but to the to the extent where. I think at a certain extent you can't focus on both. You know, you have to ex- focus on one. Oh, of course. You not go all the way, but but if you play both, like multiple
1: sports, you're one of the greatest athletes of all time. Of course, of course. I mean, Michael Jordan tried that. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> he tried that <laughs> for uh, for more than uh, le- like very sane reasons. As we did. yeah, <laughs> I was trying to find the right words for that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. I mean, we'll end it at, we'll end it with that. I um, think I think that was
1: a really good episode.
0: Yeah, that was a really good episode um next week we will do we're hoping you know for something in store next week i have some ideas i've got Uh, some ideas we'll see how it comes comes together but uh thank you for listening uh i'll get we'll get i always forget the socials always forget the socials i'm like so ready to end (laughs) it um it's like turn stop recording (laughs) but uh yeah you can follow me on twitter at uh at matt underscore Rodrigo underscore
1: and you can follow me on twitter at the leafs imo that's at the leafs imo don't get it confused no i am not a leafs i'm kidding i'm (laughs) a Leafs account what am i saying (laughs) that's his
0: brand he has to keep uh keep to the brand i gotta keep my hashtag brand in check of course um but yeah thank you for listening and uh we'll see you guys next week and i'll see you guys then hopefully something exciting coming up thank you for listening bye-bye